Mollusks come in all shapes and sizes, but this little dumpling is an armored tank. With eight shell segments and a tongue covered in sharp teeth, the chitin has a magnetic attraction to certain places along the ocean floor. But without eyes, he needs to have an extra layer of tricks in order to find the best feeding grounds. But of course, we know that nature is metal, here in life, death, and taxon. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's 30 minutes of interesting animal info for you, the listener. I'm Joe. I'm Carlos. And today we're talking about a little pair of wax lips that scoots around the ocean, smooching submerged surfaces. Good. Yeah. That, was, that was good. First try. Yeah? <laughs> Didn't have to edit that down at all. Nope. People are going to think that I'm being sarcastic, but I really just did that. It's not going to help. They're still going to be. <laughs> Trust has been broken. All right. Today we're talking about not really a pair of wax lips. We're talking about the chitin. Yeah, there are no lips involved. No, but there is a mouth. Yeah, what kind of chitin? The orange, hairy chitin. Nice. Sound familiar? Nope. <laughs> well, it does to me. Because I've been researching this. I'm about to tell you about its taxonomy. <laughs> are you prepared? No. Wouldn't you rather... What do you like to call it? Sure. We do do it first. <laughs> I think last time we did that at the taxonomy. Okay. So, yeah, we're doing the Orange Hairy Chitin, a.k.a. Actually, the, the there are a lot of different species um, because the chitin is an entire class of animal. Uh, so, the, these are the names for the chitin, not just the Orange Hairy one. Okie doke. The, and these are the ones I didn't give it. This is the scientific community. The sea candle. Sorry. The sea cradle. Oh, I was going to say that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> There's no such thing as a candle that goes underwater. It doesn't look like a candle at all. The uh, coat of mail shell. All right. Um, yeah. That's fine. Um, but we're going to call it here the Nido Magneto. And the dense dental desonant. And. And the dense dental denizen of the deep. Those are my those are my nicknames. I like that last one. I'm I'm, I'm a sucker for some good alliteration. I like Nito Magneto though. That was my favorite one. We'll find out why that's pertinent. But chitin is mollusk in Latin, so it is the quintessential mollusk. Well, like, there you go. In <laughs> some Latin some Latin uh, ta- taxonomist just looked at it and said. Mollusk. <laughs> that is mollusk now. <laughs> I am become mollusk. <laughs> now I am become... Yeah, they, they saw this apparently before they had seen a snail or anything else, and they're like, yep, this is mollusk. It's possible. Like, it, as though there oh, were a mammal called mammal. <laughs> well, they were like, what should we call this? What's another name for mollusk? Actually, it's a whole phylum. Mo- mollusca is the phylum. That's true. So it's like, it's not just a mammal called mammal. It's a... It's a... Something with a spine that we're just going to call Chordata. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to call you Spine. You're, gonna... You're in the family Chordata. It's called Spine. Yep. But yeah, so we're, we're all the way to the, the, the phylum now. So I've done some of the work for you. They should have called snakes spines. Just their spines. It's basically a spine and ribs. Yeah. yeah. And a skull. And a face. Yeah. Um, all right, let's do it. Let's get into what the science community calls it and, and what we'll call it right now. The kingdom, you you love it because you're in it. And also you 
like it, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> you know it, you love it, you're in it. You know you love it, you're in it. It's the kingdom of Animalia. You also know and love this kingdom, but you're not in it. Uh, it's the kingdom of Alaska. It's the gross one. Yeah, it means foot. No. No, it doesn't. It means muscle. No, it doesn't. It means chitin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it means chitin. Class. Polyplacophora. All right, so I got some, some etymology for this. Okay. Poly means many. Oh, sure. In Greek. Placo means tablet, and foros means bearing. So polyplacophora means many tablet bearing. One who brings many tablets. Yes, so like Moses. Moses is a polyplacophora. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And of uh, uh, Joseph Smith. <laughs> so subclass, ever heard of that? Um, sometimes. Neo Loricata. Neo Loricata. Sure. Order Chitonidae. Chitonidae. Chitonidae? I think we yeah. It's not chitin. For sure. We've already <laughs> established. But it's not spelled the same. Chitin. Or chitin, which we've been talking about for like crabs and stuff like that. That is C-H-I-T-I-N. This is the chiton. Chitin? Chiton. This is C-H-I-T-O-N. Which well, is... let's find out what the family of this this boy is in. Uh... Good luck. Cato Pluridae. Nice. That sounds fine. That was a little bit easier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Genus, Cato Plura. Uh, subgenus, if we want to go there, Ketoplura. <laughs> it's also... <laughs> and then the species is Ketoplura pertusa. Pertusa, yeah. There per- are 900... Pert-USA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are 940 extant species of, um... Ketoplura? No, of, of just chitons in, in general. Oh, that's a lot. And there are, are, I think, 400 and something extinct species. That's sad. That's sad for those species. No, it's just part of the order of things. Species. The order? You mean Kaitanidae? The order Kaitanidae, yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's, let's, what, 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 what are you talking about? What, how do we picture this? What's it, a snail? No, it's not a snail. Chitons are oval shaped sea sucklers with eight plates along their backs. Yep, sea sucklers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the plates are segmented, which allow these little ocean pogs to f- to be flexible. Um, chitons come in a variety of colors and patterns uh, across the entire phylum. Um, but the one we're talking about today, the orange hairy chitin, is orange and hairy. Yeah. Oh, nice. I should have called this the mad chitin. <laughs> That'd be good. Oh, well, whatever. Now it's there. I've, I have called it the Mad Chitin. Uh, around the plates holding them together is what is called a girdle. The girdle is strong. Sounds embarrassing. The girdle is flexible. <laughs> girdle is triangle. <laughs> <laughs> the flexible is the, the the girdle is a flexible muscle that circles the oval orifice and allows it to be stretchy and flexy. Nice. Um, good for it. Yeah. Uh, it can also have ornamentations on uh, on the girdle uh, of mineralized aragonite. What's that? It's uh, something that when you trade it, it becomes a manky. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Oh my goodness. It's not a Dragonite. That's not even a deep cut. <laughs> that's, a, that's a inside joke. Uh, so, one time I traded Carlos a, a, a Dragonite and it came out. The, the, the cord came loose and became a manky. Uh, Primate. Long story short. Uh, it can... I'm not bitter about that at all. <laughs> um, at least the Dragonite that died was fully leveled. Um... Anyway, uh, aragonite is a mineral, and it mineralizes these little... The orange hericitin in particular uh, has these mineralized um, sepicules. No, sep... sep spicules? Spicules. Spicules. Not sep- it's not committing Harry carry. <laughs> Sepicules. Oh, sepuku? Harry carry. That's what it's called. I thought it was just like honey cutty or something like that. Well, I'm sure it's that. Yeah. Harry Carey just sounds like a Steven Spielberg movie or whatever. Does it? C- Carey? Yeah. Is that Steven Spielberg? No. No, that's um Stephen King. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh in the orange cherry chitin, the mouth and girdle area is covered in chitin. Yeah, though with the not not other animals like the the chitin that's in mineral mineral material the material in bugs and many other invertebrates like bees the ar- the arthropod stuff yes even though this boy is not an arthropod no uh but yeah that's what it looks like it's like this little hairy oval if like imagine <laughs> it's orange and hairy oval it kind of i i imagine those uh those pill bugs from a bug's life they just have like that segmented back, and they roll up. But I don't think these guys roll up anywhere except they for the, roll up, yeah, into the, the club. In the club, yeah. um, so, just getting there. <laughs> that brings us to the listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show that is introduced by you, a listener, or, or at least one each time. Yeah. Uh, today we have a special introduction by my aunt, Mari. Nice. All right. Without further ado. Three, two, one. Measure up. Oh, that's quite melodic. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yeah, it was soothing. It was nice. Yeah, it wasn't like blaring in in your face. No, which is it. It has its has. It was its... ASMR basically. <laughs> Measure up. <laughs> <laughs> ASMR is just muttering I words. Need, yeah, yeah, I, I need something to, to crinkle. Let's just crinkle in there. Write something with a pencil, you know. It's just great like that. Okay, let's let's do the let's do the segment. Let's talk about length. We, one day we'll do a whole ASMR measure up. No, we won't. And we'll and like we'll be measuring feathers and things. <laughs> and and just like lightly, like tapping the mic with the mesh with the feather um so let's talk about their length they are about two inches or 50 millimeters uh how many chitin go into the length of the longest winchester model 18 at 97 barrel you could order in world war one barrel yeah the barrel length of the the longest barrel length you could order of the winchester model 18 at 97 in world war one what does this have to do with Chitin? Well, because Chitin sounds like Clayton, and Clayton is a guy in Tarzan who uses a shotgun. Okay. We're <laughs> roundabout here. <laughs> it's even more roundabout than the worker 
yes. the worker statue. I mean, but when we started out, it was completely unrelated. This is True. just something I've made it into. Yeah, but now there's like an expectation on you. <laughs> well, we'll get there in the next one. I'm going to say 10. 10 of these little guys going Wait to... a minute. Here's a hint. No, wait, I don't need a hint. I the already Winchester got this. The Winchester Model 1897 came in a shorter trench model, which had a heat shield, a bayonet lug, and swing swivels. That, that I could be making that up. I don't know what those words mean. I don't know what a bayonet is. I don't know what a heat shield is. I don't know what a swing, sling swivel is. Anyway, what was your answer? <laughs> 10. I think it's a 20-inch barrel. 10 chitin? Yes. 10 chitin. The answer is 18 chitin. It is a 36-inch barrel. That is a big gun. It co- most of the most of the um, models are a 20, 20-inch barrel, but the 36-inch barrels were for, like, trap shooting and, like, game hunting. Okay. The ones that they would actually use in the trenches were 20-inch barrels. Okay. Because you you wouldn't be able to turn around in the trench. Yeah, because I was <laughs> thinking of just like standard shotguns these days, and I was like, that's like 26, 28 inches. So I imagine it was shorter because back then they couldn't invent long things. <laughs> <laughs> they did it. Oh, wow. So I was way off. So the living depth. How how deep do they get You know, in their lives? Uh, tw- 20 meters or 65 feet. That's not very deep. How many chitin living depths go into the depth of the Titanic? Of where the Titanic is yes. now? No, just like the movie, how deep it goes. Or know? or the depth of the boat itself. Oh, no, where, how, <laughs> where it is in the ocean now. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty deep since it's, it's it has been difficult to get to the wreckage. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a minute. I know what'll help you. Here's no, you don't. You can take a $60,000 two-week cruise to the spot of the Titanic and dive down in a tiny Russian submersible. The trip down takes two and a half hours. That sounds like fun. We could go to Disney or we can go down and visit the Titanic. Same amount of time. Oh, it was like... Not the same amount of money. No, <laughs> unless you are living it up at Disney. <laughs> unless you, yeah, unless you buy one of the. No, I'm sure you could find something to spend those. That, that sixty thousand dollars on. Yeah, yeah. You could rent out like a portion of the park for an hour. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, Some of the best rooms and meals. I have no idea how fast that submersible goes, so could be going like really slowly it could just be sinking on its own (laughs) it could take two hours it's very very deep down there so i'm gonna say ten thousand feet as a shot in the literal dark Mm -hmm. because it's dark (laughs) down there and uh you said 65 feet for its depth the chitin's depth 65 feet yeah i'm gonna say about 18 no i'm gonna about say about 16 of them go into of uh, those depths go into a thousand feet, so 160. The correct answer is 192 depths. Oh, okay, I'm not that far off. Because it's 12,500 oh, okay. feet. Yeah, pretty close. You nice. would just yeah, if you went that far, you'd be like, well, maybe is that it? No, no, not really. I can't see it. I can't. I actually can't see anything. I can't, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very cold. I would like to go home. I did. I don't think I spent this money well. <laughs> 
or my time. Uh, it's two uh, hours. I'll never get back. This is a very small submarine, and there's another man in here. For, <laughs> forget about the sixty thousand dollars. This is not time well spent. <laughs> I spent just sixty thousand dollars, but I'm more mad about that two hours. Uh, so here's some fast facts. The orange hairy chitin live in South Africa, um, or rather the South African waters, but the entire phylum can be found throughout the world from cold water to the tropics. There are almost a thousand different species. So. Yeah, well, uh, that'll get you around the <laughs> oceans. Uh, most live in the subtidal zone where reefs and all the best ocean stuff is. <laughs> <laughs> That's the. This is the best part of the ocean. It is. Reefs? Great. Um, some live in the intertidal zone, which is where ocean is exposed to open air through the changing of the tides and the changing of the guard. Yeah. <laughs> the, they never go below the photic zone, which is the depth that's exposed to sunlight. Yeah. 65 feet is pretty shallow. Uh, however, the, the, they avoid the sun and live under rocks during the day and miss all the breaking news and new fads. What, do you live under a rock? Yeah, they do. I think there's a whole Geico commercial about that. <laughs> a whole one. They they exhibit homing behavior, which is what you do every time you go out to eat at Long John Silver's and then return home to regret it. I've never done that before in my life. <laughs> I've never had in Long John Silver's. <laughs> <laughs> it was just an ocean-based restaurant I wanted to but mix I, in. I like how the ambiguity where it's like, I either have never regretted going to Long John Silver's or I've never been there before. <laughs> you either love it or you just, it's not even on your radar. <laughs> it's the only two feelings you can feel about Long John Silver's. All I know is that it's not a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> but chitin don't have the sense you do, namely sight. They don't have it. Uh, instead of eyes, they have modified oculi, 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 O-C-E-L-L-I. Ocelli. Ocelli. Yeah. yeah. O- Andrea Ocelli. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which are clusters of photoreceptors under aragonite lenses on their shells. So they detect light and dark. That's about it. Sounds boring. And it is boring. Uh, they're be- but their primary sense comes from their subradular organ around their mouth. Okay. Their taste? All- yeah. So... It, it this helps them identify food sources and feel around, but it's less like touch and more like smell or taste. They have the good olfactory senses. Yes, they also have um, nerve endings, which which are like tactile nerve endings that are around their they're also around the bottom of them, the, their mouth area. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, we don't know how like good at touching they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The scientists have tried to get them to high five, and they just don't. They, they can't seem to grasp that. They're not very good at touching. Yeah. So how? So to find their homes, they literally taste the area and memorize its topography. I have a counter theory to that. Okay. But I will talk about it later. Okay. So that that is also a theory. They don't know exactly how they do homing stuff. Okay. There are several theories. Um. They walk around on their singular muscle foot with does which... It, does that mean it's odd? Singular being, like, unique? Um, yeah, kind of, except for there's a thousand others. And also there's one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Their singular muscle foot. 
so unique, which they can stick to things pretty good. It's pretty sticky. It's a good stick. Yeah, it's a good stick. Uh, they are mostly herbivorous, and they graze around for algae and other scummy treats. Yeah. <laughs> this is <Sc> scumptious. <laughs> scum scum sauce. Gross. <laughs> um, scum and sauce never were never destined to be in the same no. phrase. Scum is a bad word. <laughs> it's it's a four letter word. <laughs> it is. Uh, they are even though they're mostly herbivores, they can be omnivores and even carnivores, especially when they come across a tasty little barnacle. Nice. Few species uh, in the phylum are predatory, but some are specially designed to catch prey. They will have large girdles with hoods that they can use to clamp onto small invertebrates and shrimp and even small fish. So they they like th throw a hood over it, like they're gonna run up to you and like put a bag over your head and put you in a van, <laughs> and then digest the, the, you over the, the, the van being their mouth. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So it's time for the major facts. Ah. The majorest of facts. That's not true. But it is very interesting. We're going to get a little bit scientific here. So let's talk about the mouth because that's that's the interesting part of this guy. <laughs> um, all uh, chitons have a mouth, like you said. It's, it's called a radula because it's a circle of like many different rows. I thought it was because it was radical. It is. Also, it's very different from other things. It's <laughs> kind of like a... It's kind of cutting edge. Extreme country, crunchy peanut butter. <laughs> it's uh, it's avant-garde. Um, so on the, the mouth is located on their underside and is filled with teeth that are protruding from a tongue. Um, now, these teeth are layered where the older teeth are at the tip of the tongue and the younger teeth that have just been created are at the back and it kind of moves forward in this kind of uh, conveyor belt. So every few, like every couple of days, it's continuously moving, pushing the, the younger teeth forward and the older teeth. Um, to retirement. In, yeah, into retirement, yeah, to collect their, their pensions and social security <laughs> checks. Uh, so that allows, because it does so much scraping algae and things off of rocks, uh, it allows it to continually have fresh teeth to mangle on the rocks. <laughs> but there's another layer of protection for these teeth, literally, because these teeth are coated with an iron oxide called magnetite, which is ferromagnetic and the most magnetic natural substance on Earth. Cool. Natural substance. So, like, we can make electromagnetics magnets that are, like, a lot more magnetic but the most magnetic naturally occurring substance is magnetite. What about animal magnetism? <laughs> Technically, this is animal magnetism. Yeah, literally. Uh, so this, this coating, this naturally occurring coating of metal is the hard, gives the, the chitin the hardest teeth in the world. It's three times harder than enamel. Um, and magnetite is also the hardest material produced by a living organism. So they don't just collect magnetite. They produce it. They combine things to create the metal. Um, little chemists. Yeah, there are little chemists. They don't even know it because they're dumb. <laughs> um, 
So the the hardness of magnetite is 12 gigapascals or GPA, um, which is a lot higher than my GPA, <laughs> which is 3.3. Give it 12.0. Diamonds are 70 GPA for a reference, and they're the, that's the hardest substance on Earth. Hmm. Uh, or the hardest natural substance. Um, or I think it might still be the the hardest substance. I don't think we've manufactured anything harder than a diamond. But uh, so that it's very their teeth are very hard, harder than ours. <laughs> um, and so this is how they make it. And this is going to require some science. Prepare for science, and bear with me. <laughs> Prepare for science. Like ta- like the many tablet bearing, chitin, poly uh, polyplacophora. So they form magnetite from the proteins and sugars that are contained in a watery tube that is at the center of their teeth. So they manufacture a new tooth, and there's a watery tube inside there with proteins and sugars. And these carbs create an atomic scaffold. They kind of bind together, create this, this like structure so that ions, specifically positive ions. Now, ions are atoms that either have too many electrons or too few electrons. If you remember from school, um, those electron valence levels, um, if it has, if it's missing an electron, then it is a positive ion. If it has an extra electron, then it is a negative ion because electrons are negatively charged. Um, and so any, any ion is looking to bond with something else to balance itself out. So positive ions like magnesium and sodium come together um, in this atomic scaffold and attract negative ions like iron, iron, <laughs> like iron, irons, <laughs> like iron, iron to themselves. Um, so this is, this forms iron oxide or magnetite. And, um, so th- this allows them to collect iron from the algae that they eat and also the rocks that they are scraping off so they can actually erode the rocks that they're, that they're eating off of. Um, so yeah, that allow that coats their, their teeth in this magnetite and this allows for the potential for something called magnetoception, which is very cool. That is very cool. But this is my counter theory to your theory about how they find their way back because chitons will feed in one place until there's no algae and then they'll go somewhere else and eat all the algae there and then the algae grows back in the places they were before and they'll go back to that same exact place but without having eyes how do they know where they're going mm-hmm. and you suggested that they memorize the topography with their exceptional feelers i was saying that for going home to the rocks oh well they can go they can the point is that they can find very specific places without being able to see yes um or without having terribly complex brains to memorize things like topography. They don't even have a cerebral ganglia. Yeah. What the? What are they even doing? How do you even go out? You yeah, know, that's, that's... That's why they go out at night. That's embarrassing. It is. It's for embarrassing. For a mollusk. <laughs> uh, so, one theory is that their magnetic teeth allow them to sense changes in the magnetic field of the Earth. So one spot might be stronger slightly than another spot, and that allows them to know where they are. That is called magnetoception. And that that might uh, attribute to, like, how salmon find their way back to the stream that they were born in. Um, so... That's insane. Homing is a weird and awesome 
aspect of the animal kingdom that we still don't really understand. Nope. Like, how do pigeons know where to fly when they're uh, messenger pigeons? Um, stuff like that. So that's one theory. Um, they may and they may also remember the topography, or they might leave chemical trails that they can smell hmm. with their olfactory senses. Um, but they have been shown to respond to magnetic stimuli. So they can detect when there's something magnetic near them and respond to it. I'm not sure if they go away from it or try to mate with it or eat it or run away or whatever, but they respond. <laughs> um, and that's all I got. These little, these little armored mollusks have magnetic teeth that could possibly allow them to detect changes in the Earth's magnetic field and find good places to eat. Kind of like an app. Or like a Long John Silvers. <laughs> like an app for Long John Silvers. Like... <laughs> Not a sponsor. Um, so, but that's all I got on the on the chitin, this, the orange hairy chitin. But it's really all chitins. I'm, I'm, I was describing the entire class. Phylum. No, phylum is mollusca. Oh, that right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that right. <laughs> uh, so, you out there in Podcastia, gird yourselves with armor. Coat your teeth if you have cavities. And magnetize me, Captain, in light like the <laughs> like the orange hairy chitin in life, death, and taxon. Life, death, and taxonomy is my favorite in the world podcast. <laughs> Mollusks come in all shapes and sizes, but this little dumpling is an armored tank. <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs>